0: Welcome to Stepmoms Uncut Podcast. In this episode we are talking about childless or rather child-free step-parenting. I'm joined with Emma Sexton who is an award-winning entrepreneur and podcaster and she is here to share her story about not being in one blended family but actually being in one, that ending, and being in another, and how she describes her step parenting as child free as opposed to the more commonly used term childless. We're talking about her highs and her lows, the things that she learned in hindsight. She is dropping some amazing golden nuggets for you to take away from her journey. I'm so happy about how transparent she was able to be when talking about essentially grieving the end of this blended family that you have invested your time in although you didn't set out to be in one and what that process of healing looked like when jumping into a new blended family all over again so stay locked in remember to go tell your partner go tell the bm and your in-laws too this is stepmoms uncut So hi Emma. Hi Silla. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. So today we're just basically going to talk around the topic of being a childless stepmom and also the kind of idea of being a stepmom but not really wanting to be called one or just just being who you are as opposed yeah. to being labeled as a stepmom. I'm vocal about my life choice because uh, it is a
1: choice for me of being child free which is very different to somebody who always wanted kids Uh, I've never wanted children and I've always wanted a life that didn't have children in it so I use the term child free but obviously being child free and dating I have had some time and experience and continue to have some time and some experience being in a I'm
0: reluctant to say step mum role but yes so that's me so I'm going to go ahead and ask you to share a bit about your first relationship going into a blended family and what that was like for you. So, yeah, so I guess I I always wanted my child
1: free life. But when I I guess when I was kind of dating in my late late 20s, I guess I kind of knew that I would be dating people who might have kids anyway my the person I was in a relationship with in my early 30s I think I was about 31 at the time when I met him he was divorced with two quite young children and um, he had two girls and they were around four and seven when I first met him and I I kind of I kind of didn't really think about the children really I don't you know much as I'd never wanted my own kids so I'd never had a problem with anybody else having kids uh, and I kind of felt like he was the right person for me at the time. And the fact that he had kids was just part of the parcel. I didn't really consciously decide. It was just he felt like the right the right person at the right time. And I think what's interesting is then being out of that relationship. So our, we were together for almost six years. And the relationship ended quite abnormally, um, for reasons only he understands, really. Um, but what happened was, I went from being in a relationship with somebody that I thought I was going to be with for a long, long time. And I'd invested a lot of time and energy into these girls, especially as they were, you know, they were so young, like young kids, four and seven, you know, they, they just need more time from you as a grown up. And then, those three children were kind of you know those the three of them him and the two girls were sort of ripped from my life quite abruptly and basically I just never saw them again and I you know it's been god almost I can't remember how many years maybe 10 years eight maybe eight years now since we split up um so there's lots of there's lots of learnings that I had from that relationship which is you know, being out of something that I kind of just signed up to because I thought he was my forever partner. Yeah. And coming out of that relationship, I've now been a lot more conscious and intentional about how I date. And it just made me really think about the fact that much as I'd chosen to be child free, I was actually living a life that, that wasn't child free. Um, yeah. And it just made me much more intentional and conscious with the relationship that I've ended up in in now where you know my boyfriend has two sons they're 14 and 17 um which is a different life stage and for me is just uh yeah yeah different so that in a nutshell is my journey yeah
0: can can I just ask going back to your first relationship so you say that you knew or you kind of had an idea that you may be dating someone with children did you then ever imagine what that would actually look like, what what that would mean or require from you? Because I know with most people, when they, regardless of whether you're a, a mother or not, when they get into a relationship with a man that has children, no one really actually has a sit-down conversation and, and say to each other, say, hey, what do you expect from me? Or these are things that I will not be doing or have no interest in doing. So with you, did you already have ideas of what you were okay with and not okay with or was you just learning on the job
1: yeah totally I mean that's why I think what what you uh you guys are doing with your movement and talking about this step parenting is so important because quite honestly I was just completely naive about it I mean I knew I knew nothing really about parenting kids because you know, I'd not really had many children in my life up until that age. You know, your 20s are mostly having a lot of fun and most of your friends are having fun. Uh, so I really didn't know. I mean, you kind of know, you kind of have some assumptions. But no, I went into it really naively. And also, I guess I just went into it because I assumed this person that I was with at the time. I thought I was going to be with them forever, which is, you know, I think in your 30s, that's a kind of normal normal thing we all have our aspirations to meet our you know our match for the rest of our lives um and I just didn't I just didn't even think about it I didn't even think that I should think about it and I think what's really interesting is the fact that second time around dating and then being at a different place in my life you know being in my my early 40s so almost a decade older And what a different view I then had on dating and what a different choice and knowing, knowing that not having that naivety. And then I, you know, I would never want to be in that situation now, never, because I would know that I would be with somebody and that for the next 10 years, those children need to be his priority. I'm not saying my boyfriend's kids aren't his priority, but when kids are really young, you've got to be there for them. And I, you know, I want to be with a partner who wants to be there for his kids. So yeah, I, I didn't know anything. And I kind of, I kind of wish I did. I, But I just yeah. feel like there was nothing on my radar that would have given me a decision or even flagged to me that I should really be thinking about this.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of men, actually, when they do have children and then they get themselves into a new relationship it is very natural for them to expect uh motherly roles to come out of the person that they're with and they automatically kind of see their new partner as a mother figure or a mother to their children so yeah it's really important that people have those conversations but then you don't really expect much except for when you're in it and then you realize these are things that I like and do not like but having said that, what did your setup actually look like? So the children were young. Did that mean that you saw them often, or was it just a weekend? Maybe. What kind of stepmom relationship did you have? Was it you know full on or part time?
1: Yeah so I he used to have them every other weekend and then he'd have them for some time over kind of the school holidays and I think I always set out to just be their friend I never set out to be kind of a stepmom at all but I think the challenge was that I automatically like I almost had to take more of a stepmom role because one, the kids were so young, and they needed stuff, you know, they needed to be thought about, you know, four year olds and seven year olds, you know, don't even know how to perhaps dress themselves in the morning, you know, what are they going to have for breakfast? You know, you're going out for the day, what might they need? And, you know, my ex at the time, to be quite honest, didn't really think about that stuff. And I was left in a situation where I was like, he's not thinking about this stuff he doesn't seem bothered but I know if we don't do this stuff those girls are going to be hungry or they're not going to have the right clothes and they're going to you know like I could I could see how the day was going to plan out if they didn't have more parenting from me and Mm. you know I I could see two little girls kind of not have a nice day because you know we hadn't decided to pack them up any food for when they're hungry or they hadn't got that extra layer of clothes so I felt like I was leaning in quite a lot, and I'm not going to lie. I got really resentful about that. We we'd have holidays together, and I would do a bulk of the looking after the kids, thinking about what they were going to eat, and I really resented it because I was like, "This isn't this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I want to do." But at the time, I thought I just had to kind of suck it up and get on with it, really. Um, but it was hard. It was really, really hard. It was a real battle in my in
0: my a real conflict for me internally, actually. Did you ever feel like you were having these conflicting feelings or the resentment was coming up because you felt, I mean, maybe the pressure of this kind of wicked stepmum thing that goes on and wanting to show yourself as a good stepmum? Or is it because you just felt like the children needed someone and you were very aware of that and so you had to step up in that regard?
1: Oh, that's such an interesting question because you're right. There is that kind of wicked step parent, you know, that's been ingrained in all our our fairy tale. I think I it's a really good question because I haven't really consciously thought about it, but I definitely, I definitely wanted their experience with me and their dad to be a positive one. I definitely didn't want them, you know, I'd heard horror stories, Like, you know, I had a a friend of mine who I grew up with, and her parents got divorced, and his new wife was jealous of her. And she basically stopped having a relationship with her dad, because her dad's new girlfriend or new wife was jealous of the stepchildren, which I just find absolutely bizarre, but it happened. So I think definitely, I wanted to make it a positive experience. I definitely you know, they had an amazing mum. Like, <laughs> they didn't need another mum. But I didn't want them to not enjoy hanging out together. And I didn't want them to see that as a negative experience. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I must have been. And, yes, I was conscious of that because, I mean, no one wants to give a four-year-old and a seven-year-old a
0: crap time, do they? <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: um,
0: before we kind of talk about your new relationship and the kind of things that you've learnt from your old... I just wanted to say, you know, you had obviously been with uh, these young girls for a long period of time. And you said that you thought that it would be your forever kind of relationship. What did it feel like or what did you find yourself doing when you were no longer in that relationship? But knowing you invested so much in those girls, did you continue communication? Was there like space? to continue that communication with the children or did you have to kind of cut it all off let it go and if you did I know I'm asking you a question within a question but if you did (laughs) have to let it all go was there a kind of grieving process for you or was it like okay well that's the end let me move on
1: yeah do you know what it was really really traumatic for me because it's it's one thing to split up with somebody who's an important part of your life you know we've all all are, had our fair share of heartbreak and I, I guess for me I kind of felt like relationships end you know and, and it's sad but that happens and I guess I kind of made the assumption in my own head I never even had a discussion with him about this that we would split amicably uh, I felt like we had such a strong relationship that if we split up it would be Maybe I was aspiring to like conscious uncoupling, but I felt like we were having the conversations where we could say this isn't working for me. I want I want out and that we would end as good as, you know, as friends as we could be, because I felt like we we were a significant relationship in each other's lives. Well, I thought we were. So when it ended and I initially I didn't think that I wouldn't see them again. But then it became clear because he basically just cut me out of his life. Uh, What I know now is he started dating somebody else, which probably explains it. But he actively kept me totally away. Like we agreed to write letters. So I wrote a letter. But actually, I'm not even sure if the girls got that letter. And I didn't have any contact. And then within about we me and him were having some contact, but it was very difficult. He was didn't didn't want to give me any closure or any explanation, and then we just stopped contact, so it was traumatic because I loved these girls, and I thought I was always going to be in their their life. I was invested in them, you know, I really cared about them and and I think what was also traumatic was like what do what do they think, and I don't want them to think that I've just abandoned them because what's the story that he was telling telling him and that was really hard and actually I no one tells you what the protocol is and I felt for me it would be really wrong for me to go around him and reach out to those girls like I you know I could have done I uh, you know there were there would have been ways of me getting contact details for them and it just felt really inappropriate to do that Mm -hmm. and I didn't do it and what's what's kind of nice is the girls are obviously on social media and we are connected on social media. Again, I, I haven't proactively reached out to them. I, you know, when they connected, I followed them back and I liked some of their pictures, but both of them have at different times reached out to me. Um, And we have had a little, we have had some chats, but I'm just reluctant to pursue any kind of friendship with them. And I, there was a bit of me, I was thinking in prep for this, this um, podcast of, how do they feel? And, and is it time for me to have a conversation with them? Mm. But I don't, I don't know. And I don't know what the protocol is. But it's, it is absolutely brutal. I'm not going to lie. I was really traumatized. I had to have a lot of therapy. I think I had a form of post traumatic stress when I look back, because to have three people that, that were your your world Ripped away from you was absolutely devastating, and I think that that's also made me think about my next relationship. Was almost a reluctancy to want to form those kind of bonds again, because relationships, you know, things happen, don't they, with relationships? So I feel like with older children that that's fine, but I think especially when the kids are so young, you know, like four and seven year olds, they get really attached to grown ups. So. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, awful is the only way I can describe it. And Thunder. I still don't know how to rectify it now, really.
0: So let's just, you know, pretend. I don't know. <laughs> like, somehow they stumbled across this particular episode. Is there like maybe a one line or two lines that you would say to them regarding what happened that may give you kind of comfort? Um
1: there is but I might cry <laughs> I might cry if I said it I I think what I think what I'd want them to know is that I never stopped loving or caring for them and my lack of contact was out of respect for their dad it wasn't about it, it isn't an indication of how I feel and still feel about them I still miss them you know I like you know I still see them on Instagram doing stuff and I'd love to know more what's going on. Like, I'm interested in them. You know, I was in their lives for, you know, a good four years when I first met them. So, you know, formative years. So if they are listening, I want them to know that I, you know, I still love and care for them. And that I, I, did, I did what I thought was the right thing.
0: Oh, amazing. Oh, I, I, I sincerely hope that they do come across this or at least that they know that. But um, I'm so glad that you are in a better space now. And of course, you would have learned so much leading into your new relationship. So if you could share with us um, the things that you learned that shaped your relationship to look the way it does now. And perhaps tell us what the setup now looks like in your blended family today. Yeah,
1: so I think, you know, coming out of that relationship, I had quite a lot of time by myself, and I set up my own business. And, and I basically got really, really clear about what did I want from life. And I I guess it was, I'd always wanted this for life, but I've always wanted to be kind of semi-nomadic. And, you know, I just, I suppose, as you get closer to 40, you're a little bit more clear on who you are as a person and what you want your life to be. And you know, and I really enjoy being single single's not a not a negative place for me at all, and I'm not afraid to go back there if things don't don't work out but i I guess I was like, okay, when I started dating and was in the mindset of actually yeah, I'm ready to be in a relationship again i was I was pretty picky actually, but I was picky on values and I was picky on um the lifestyle that they wanted to have, so I knew that I needed to have somebody who wanted to spend a significant of time a significant amount of time, not in the UK. So my goal is I spend six months abroad, so winter, I know we're recording this in the middle of winter uh, winter not here, somewhere much nicer and a bit more sunnier, and then you know six months in London. And I was like, it's really important for me to meet somebody because I think, you know, my my ex, for, for all the reasons that I thought he was right for me at the time, actually he, he wasn't. He didn't want a semi-nomadic lifestyle, you know. He had the young kids. So I was really quite fussy and I was like, you know what, I, I don't really want to be in a relationship with somebody if we're not going to be on the same page or want to do the same things because I don't want to be – I guess I felt – I really, I felt like I had the role of a, uh, someone who had kids when I'd chosen not to have kids. So, you know, my friends were do, you know, bound by seeing the kids, the weekends, the school holidays, what you can do. And I just made a decision that I just really, I just didn't want that life. Um, and I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to compromise that and I wasn't going to bend to accommodate somebody just because I, they might be the love of my life. I think that someone being, I don't know. I think I just sort of de romanticized I think I just had a very Disney view of love in my thirties. And I think now I'm in a much healthier relationship and my relationships are based on love, but also you know, we want the same things, like otherwise there's just no point, so very quickly I would filter people out on the first couple of dates, not even, even if I felt like I had amazing chemistry, because I'd be like, well you just, we just want different things, mm. you know, Um, or your kids are too young, and I'm going to be, I'm going to have that lifestyle again, so I, if anybody connected with me on these dating apps, and said they had really young kids, like if they had kids under the age of 12, 13, that was a no, that was an instant no, I'm not even going to meet you, because I so know now uh his kids are 14 and 17
0: okay perfect and do you see yeah. them every weekend as well
1: or uh yeah so he has them uh you know nearly every other weekend but they're getting to that age now where they're a bit more independent and they want to do their own thing but yeah we've been, we've been away and, and one of the uh, boys was away with us but it's just a very different relationship that you have as a parent with a teenager than it is with a like four and seven year olds so it requires you know I am then my role is definitely much more friends you know like you know you have conversations and a sounding board or whatever but I can be much more distanced from that in terms of you know I don't need to be the caretaker because you know teenagers you're starting to try and treat them as adults so it's a it's a much different
0: relationship. Amazing so we always would like to leave our listeners with some golden nuggets and you being in two different kind of blended family setups I'm sure there's lots and lots that you've learned and maybe still are learning but if you could think about your top three golden nuggets that you would want to leave to um perhaps a childless stepmom now or a new stepmom what do you think those three golden nuggets would be? Oh, this is a good question. so I think if
1: you are choosing the child free life because I just want to be clear about childless and child free because child free is a conscious choice, but there are obviously some women out there who did want kids and couldn't have kids, and actually being a step parent is you know is probably an interesting role. so I think for anybody who's like me who never wanted kids, I think. You know, no matter what age you are, get get really clear on what you think your life's going to going to be, um, and really think about that relationship. You know, if I'd have been a lot more clearer with my ex, then I think the question would have been, okay, am I prepared to wait out the next ten years for them to become, you know, uh, for for those kids to be older for me then to have that lifestyle, and and maybe I could have done them, but for me now being, you know, I'm forty five this year. I don't want to wait ten years before I can live my child free life. So I think really, really think about where you are in your life and what you want from your life and you know be conscious about that would be tip one. Tip two would be um <laughs> I think maybe it's hard, isn't it? Cause you don't want to go into a relationship thinking it think thinking it might end, but I am a big believer in that you plan for the worst and you hope for the best. And I do, you know, I'm a big believer in kind of prenups as well, because I kind of feel like if you can have the conversation when you're, when you're happy and you're in a positive mind frame, mind frame, it means that when things get ugly, you've already put some groundwork in for how you're going to operate. And I, I think in hindsight now, I would probably draw something up and be like, "Okay, what's the protocol with you if we split up and my relationship with your children? Because that that was a really significant, painful point. And I, you know, I think, you know, children are affected by these things. And, you know, I think I think as adults, we have to really think about that. And then thirdly, well, if you are child free, just be wary about how much your partner Want you to take on the the parenting and be wary about how far you're leaning into that and whether you're leaning too far that is tipping into resentment if you're feeling resentment like I was then you've crossed your boundaries
0: <laughs> you you probably need to step back a bit so there you go there's my three tips definitely that was amazing but can I be tiki that's one more question of course as it's you, of course. <laughs> You did say that you are not afraid to go back uh, to being a single woman, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the worst should happen and you were to end up leaving this relationship again, let's just say a very small part of you would be open to dating. Would you still be open to dating someone that has kids or would you say, no, that's a wrap?
1: Uh, I think it would depend on what age I was when I met the next person right because I don't know if I was single for another five years and I was in my 50s then no I'm definitely not going to want to do it but if I was single for say six months and 46 maybe so but I think it's unlikely look my preference would be that you know my partner didn't have kids because I haven't got kids (laughs) and life's a lot simpler yeah. without kids so you know yeah but the but you know the the reality is 90% of people do have kids you know you kind of have to you, you know the the dating dating's challenging enough seller let alone narrowing down my pool to
0: like <laughs> men with no kids like yeah so i think you've got to compromise somewhere yeah for sure oh thank you so so much I really, really hope that those nuggets will help anyone that was listening. I'm so grateful for how open and transparent you were, Emma.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I think it's a really important conversation that you're having. So good luck with everything.
0: Thank you so much. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it brought you something real, real, relatable and revelational. You know your girl Coach Zilla is always here for you. So if you'd like to book a one-to-one with me or join our exclusive membership space, you'll find the details in the bio to do that. Don't forget to share the podcast and tag me where you can so I can say thank you. Leave a comment and or a review. And as always, tell your partner, the BM, and your in-laws too. This is Stepmoms Uncut Podcast. See you soon